This is a Visual Audio Times original. Another episode of Music in Time. Yeah. I have with me, I'm Midi Tire. Hey guys, what's up? You know, I might just make you like a co-host of this oh, podcast. Official co-host. <laughs> at, the, at the rate at which you are going, you're almost you've been on almost every episode. Almost, yeah. But it just gets to show how much you know of a of a you know a music a, a, a knowledge you know a bank you are. Yeah, we try, we try. Yeah, yeah. On this episode, we're breaking down Olu maintains. Maintain Reloaded album, mm. his first solo album, um, his debut solo album, yeah. you know, um, such an amazing album. Um, and I guess we'll discuss at the later part of this podcast why this album doesn't, you know, rank high or why it doesn't just rank high, you know, with the likes of um, The Banjis, um, The Entertainer mm. and um, Nice's Gongwaso, because I, I strongly feel it should, yeah. you know. Um, anyways, Olumentain, let's do the backstory first. You know how we do. Yeah. Uh, Olumentain was half of the Maintain group, which came out for me back in the day. Fun fact, then Daddy Freeze used to be a member of that group and it's for my wife. You mean Daddy Freeze, the OAP? The OAP, yes. Daddy Freeze of the Free the, the Nation. Yeah, that Daddy Freeze. And um, they broke through in, I'll say... Late 90s with the Plantation Boys, with the Remedies, they were like the third act with the Tribesmen and everything. And they were known for interpolating popular hip-hop songs in uh, America and just giving us the Nigerian version. Um, they had Ibo Lawa Belo, which was like that breakthrough single. And they were these guys from Ibadan just rocking up the airways. And they kept that formula going. Now, to purists, that was a bad thing. But you have to look at it in the context of Back then, that's what a lot of groups were doing. Remedies broke through sampling MC lights. Even tribesmen were sampling other people's music. So they did it, and I think they were just too successful with it. And it doesn't, it didn't look artistic. And there came Rugged Man. And he really people think Rugged Man was just talking about Idris. But Maintain also had a heavy, they had a verse for them for them there. And after that, the perception of Maintain started to change as they're sort of lazy, they're really, really doing it. Even though they still had uh, I Catch Code, which was a big hit, produced by Kobam Sasuko, funny enough, people started saying that, you know, Nigerian music had to do better and become more original. And yeah. that's how maintained the group faded out. It was Olu and Tolu. And people say Big Bamo was an extension of the, that's their manager slash producer, I guess. Great backstory there. Um, so maintain first generation Afrobeat artist. First generation. Um, while putting and just doing some research, I, I found out that we actually have six generations of Afrobeats right now. Wow. Um, I'll probably put it on an infographic and share on on, on our Twitter. Yeah. Um, but first generation Afrobeat artist. So, you know, late 90s, 1999 to be exact. Yeah. The crossover into um, the millennium. Yeah, the crossover into into the millennium. Um, you know, dropped their first single around then. Nibola Wangbilo, you know, classic record. It 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 became you know a a a hit, an instant smash hit. It, smash and it. I believe, you know, they sampled what what song did they sample? Mark Morrison. I think it was Mark. I'm not really sure. But Nibola Wangbilo. 
I think, Yoma, I know what you're talking about. No, no, that's um, You Won't See Me Tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nas featuring Aliyah yeah, off yeah. his 1998 um, I Am album. album. Yeah, thank you. So it was Nas featuring Aliyah. And, and like you rightly said, they were very, very creative in interpolating foreign music. Yeah. And the method to that madness was very clear, right? Um, I was explaining this on Clubhouse the other day. Um, Nigerian music wasn't the in thing in the 90s. Everybody cool. listening to disco, everybody listening to pop, music, everybody listening to rap music from the West, primarily from the US, then the UK. And that was like the biggest thing, right? And Nigerian artists found it hard. To and I'm talking through. about the first generation Afrobeat artists found it hard breaking through because nobody was rocking with their music. It wasn't cool. Yeah. And, you know, it was really hard to get into the studio. It was really hard to produce this music. So the smartest way for them to get the ear of the average listener was to then take popular music, remix it yes. creatively, and then deliver it. Yeah. And like you said, everybody did it. Everybody. Tribesmen did it with Plenty Nonsense. That was a De La Soul record. record. Yeah. Um, um, Remedies did it with Shaq or More, mm. which was, um, was an MC Light yes. record. Yeah. Um, Black Reverence, you know. Dangerous. Dangerous. Okay. With, with um, Ayangba. Yeah. It was it was Buster Rhymes' yeah, Dangerous, yeah. 98, 998 record. Um, and, and so for them, it was, it was, and it became a formula for, for maintain at the time. Um, they did it with Nibola Wangbilo. They did it with Domitila. Yeah. Um, Domitila was in Nas record as well. Domi, Domi, Domi. Yeah. You know, so they were, they were, they were record and they kept doing it and doing it. And they, they started to rise to fame. Yeah. Um, and the, the group of course consisted of Olu, his cousin. Funny enough. You know, Tolu and Big Bamo, who was like their manager, stroke, funds man, yeah. stroke, hype man, CEO, stroke, promoter, promoter, stroke, artist, stroke A&R, yeah, yeah. you know, stroke, background vocals, you know. Um, and, and you know, when the group, group did break up, right, Bamo went on to do his own records, yeah. you know, and dropped an album with with the big single, Popoti. Yeah. yeah. He so, also signed Crazy Culture during that period. So. Oh, he signed Crazy Culture? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, you know, that was big for, for, for Bamo at the time. And, and you know, Rugged Man came in 2003, 2004 crash, with, with Ehe, the, the, the one of the biggest singles, you know, rap, this rap singles, this the, the Idris Abdul Karim, this Kenny's music, dissed Rasky and of course by extension started to diss you know maintain now maintain started to look inwards and said okay how do we now start flipping you know these things right so they did one more record which was Catch Cold which I think the, it's is still the group's biggest single that song's big shout out to Cobans for producing that big. again another interpolation right yeah. basically um, um, interpolating um, Ludacris's area codes and you know remixing it and it was but from then, they now started to do, like, their own records. So there was um, Looking for a Wifey. There was Maintain in India, yeah. which had the hip-hop remix, you know. And, and you know, from there, the group then just kind of faded away. And things moved on. The band and Don Jazzy came back. The industry back. switched. The industry switched. Two-Face got the solo the deal. Room. You know, OJB was producing yeah. Banga records. P-Square came on the scene. It was, it was too much, right? And so nobody heard of Olumentin for a minute. The group faded away. Everybody just went. And then this guy comes back with one of the biggest singles ever, we've ever experienced or heard. Yahuzi. Yahuzi. I think, I think Yahuzi was the first dance 
like oriented single of like the Afrobeats movement. I can't really think of one before then that was as that big as Yahuzi. And Olumetin came from this from nowhere. People are already thinking of like, oh, he's just the relic of that first generation that never made it. But you have to remember that back then in Maintain, Olu Maintain was seen as a charismatic guy. He obviously he was like the leader of the group. Yeah. He was the the ideal one who, if they were ever to go solo, he would make it. Yeah. But when everything happened and it was quiet, people thought, oh, maybe the industry had left him, you know, music had left him. He can't catch up with the wave. Then he drops Yahuzi. And he begins to just create this. And back then, it's not like now when you drop a single, you have your pressures and everything. You just drop your single and give it to a DJ. But organically, it just started going viral. Before we move further into yeah. Yahuze, I like how Olumentin starts off this album with Story of My Life, yeah. basically curating everything we just discussed yeah. and putting it in one story. Yeah. I think it's a brilliant way to start the album that you, he just gives like a preamble and a preface to everything that happened in the last, say what? 10 years yes. of his career and then he puts everything on his song calls the story of my life yeah. to start because the album. Because he was at the high, like, he was at the peak. Then, you know, things started changing. I remember when Hip Hop World Magazine put a little maintain on the cover like saying that these guys are not, not hip hop and like, bro, that yeah. was just the lowest. But he now comes out with a banger that nobody saw. Let's wow. listen to story of my life. First track off the album Maintain Reloaded. I'm still 
So Yahuze drops, right? Yeah. We've never heard anything like this record before, right? Never. And and there are two versions of this record. There's a there's an edited version where you know they they add like more vocals, but the first version, that's the sampler version that went out. That's yeah. the single that went out before the album dropped. I remember hearing it for the first time, right? This is peak. This is 2006, 2007. This is this is one of the peaks of internet fraud in Nigeria. Yes. Right? Typical internet fraud was you know, you have a, you have a air quotes, MAGA. A MAGA is described as somebody who you are trying to defraud, right? Your Under, victim. Yeah, you're the victim, right? The victim of your, of your fraud play, right? And Olu Maintain is able to capture the experiences of, a, of an internet fraudster who starts off working, hustling, and then reaps the fruit of his, again, in air quotes, labor, labor, and then celebrates. And this was the typical life story of a successful internet fraudster, a.k.a. Yahoo Boy, right, in Nigeria at the time. Yeah. You see them hustling Monday to Friday. Friday. And he says it on the record, Monday, Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, all the hustle. hustle. Then, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, Bugwaye. typical lifestyle, right? They make some money, they buy good cars, um, big, good, big cars, and they go to the club, spend all the money. Yeah. 
he literally just curates this experience and puts it on his song. Song. But this song is well-written, well-crafted, and has one of the best beats I've ever heard in my life. Madness, madness. That beat. Where were you when you first heard your I, I was in Unilag, and so this was the Bluetooth era. So I said, have you heard Lumente's new song? And he sent it to me via Bluetooth. And it took me like five or six listens to understand this record. I'm like, bro, this is different. This is the era of when Two-Face World could do no wrong. This was the hysteria of, the era of where the bank hysteria where Don Jazzy was killing the records. P-Square, we're getting into their elements, right? And here comes a guy from nowhere. He brings something so different and he shuts it down. And like you said, it's very, it was very lifestyle-driven. He was singing about something that people were whispering about that we've seen, but nobody wanted to put on record. And he just like, hey, who cares? And he does it. And the song just goes off. You couldn't, the song could not be stopped. He had just had the life of his own. And people were latching onto it and... The dance step now came along and it's wonderful. The production from Puffy to today is one of the best I've ever heard. It is just out of this world. Then the Fuji element to LKT, bro, it was done. Let's was break done. down, let's break down, let's break down the song, Yahoze, right? Yeah. And top line, I think this is the first time I'm experiencing, you know, someone talking about opulence and lavishness on the yeah. record, right? And I think this was the birth of it. Yeah. You know, to where everybody now saying, I don't buy Monto, I don't do yeah. this. You know, you know that whole era. There was that whole era where everybody yeah. was now talking about the what vulgar they display of wealth really started with this. Thank you. That's yeah. it. The vulgar display, display of wealth. wealth. I think this was the genesis. Yes. Before now, people really didn't care, right? People sang about love. People yeah. sang about didn't really sing yeah, about, you sing about party, money. Yeah. The, the the art of making money through illegitimate means yeah. was never ever on record like this. And Olumete just broke that barrier and just said, you know what? Let's do it. And he, and he just went viral. And the elements of the song, right? So he's so I see Olumete just like most of the guys from the the first generation Afrobeats, they're heavily inspired by hip hop. Yes. Most of them, right? A lot of them. Two faces used to be a rapper. And FaZe used to be a rapper, you know. Most of them were Even rappers. Maintain. Back then, they were rappers. Yeah, they were rappers. Yeah. Maintain was rapping, right? And and you can feel and just you can feel the elements of hip hop or that whole lavishness of hip hop, right? You watch the Yahuze video, which was directed by DJT, one of the biggest big budget videos, right? We'll go into it. Um, and you watch the video, and all I see in the video is Jay Z's big pimping. Yeah, it's the same thing. Is right? That lavishness of money, like. Whatever it takes for us to get that money, that hustler mind state will do it. So in America, it might be, oh, we're doing drugs. But in Nigeria, it's like we're hitting cyber cafes when we're scamming these people. It's really that template. Like you said, anybody knows that Afrobeat, if you really understand, Afrobeat is just the Nigerian version of hip hop at the end of the day. Yep. If you look at our biggest stars, they live like the biggest rappers in America. Yep. They have the flashiest cars, they date the most beautiful men, they are the most like serious beef. The real ones that really hit the streets is them. They have crews. They have crews too. They have they like celebrities. Yeah. Women. Yeah. So Olumete, Baby mamas. Olumete just took something from hip hop and just said, yeah, it is in, in, in a form that the everyday Nigerian can understand. Was it, it was a huge record. What do you think about the video? Oh. Remember the video? Yeah, the video where he, I remember when he went to Kenya Dewan's office, he got the he got the contract and it was like uh, for, and for those who don't know, no. talk about the influence and the impact and you know the status of Kenny Ogunbe and oh. Dio D1 Adene at the time. So that's a, that's a wormhole, but let me just summarize it. When you hear the likes of, oh, Russell Simmons, a, a Puff Daddy, a Suge Knight, all those hip hop like moguls, Kenny and D1 are the Afroboot moguls of that era. Their cosign could make or break any artist. 
So Olu Mente now getting like a record deal with the hottest bosses in town. That's legitimate. It went off the just went off the charts. And Kenny's week at that era could not miss. They were giving you back to back. Do you want Idris? Do you want Tony? Do you want Two Face? Do you want Azados? There are too many people on that label. So they just bringing in Olu Mentene again. Was like, oh, this is like some Avengers P. So when he got that deal, he felt like, oh, this is the promised land, money in the video. And the next thing we saw was the Homer. And back then, Homer was the, was the car of choice. Like, bro. If you're driving a Homer. Bro, then that's big balling. That's big pimping, like you said. And he just went ballistic in the video. The dance step. The, I remember the, the belts with the big buckles. The video vixens. He had like a, he had like a cowboy hat yeah, on. Cowboy hat. And this man was wearing four coats in sub-Saharan Africa. Bro, how big boy was that? <laughs> you didn't even care about the heat, man. You know, like, I want to look good. I want to look fly by any means necessary. And this, what he showed in that video is still what we have today in Afrobeast. It's still the same template. When he had a singing a crown. Like, I don't know how much money I got, but I didn't cram that. But how much money I spent, I don't know. That is... A direct descendant of Ulu Mente's style of big balling. Yeah. And, and the video then became a template for oh, almost every video, right? So ran, what, ran almost 10 years later, well, not 10 years, maybe seven years later, you're watching the videos Dami Duro, and it's the same thing. That's just a Yahoo's for it's the same time. thing, right? Yes. It's the same cars. Yeah. Yahoo's was the first time I saw the drinks. Yeah. You know, and they were pouring the drinks like, out. You know, the drinks were everywhere. It was shiny. They had like what? He, he had like, you know, like seven cars. And their nameplates were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, so you've always heard of the Yahoo Boy lifestyle. Some people must have seen it, but he now put it on TV. And just, he curated that he curated that, and that experience. And just put it right there in your face. And come on, it was a no-brainer. Let's listen to Yahoo. Oh, boys, Kamakazi on the control level. Yahoo. Oh, 
Yahuzi, huge record. Let's talk about the production of this record before we even go into the album. Yeah. It, what, what genre is this? Uh, electro. I'm hearing electro, I'm hearing like Afro beats. Unheard of, unheard of. It's just different. It's, it's fresh. just different. It was fa- it's fast paced, it's urgent, high tempo. It's the lamba element of Afro beats. I think this is what started bringing the lamba element of Afro beats into it. Where the music just had to be hard hitting. They don't need for too many melodies or over singing. Just drop it as it is. Almost feels rapish in a way. If there's a lot of melody in it. Yeah. And you know, you coming, bringing that scenario in. And I think the closest thing we had back then was a Donjazi production. Yeah. But this just felt more scattered, like bro, in a brilliant way. And man, it just highlights the brilliance of Puffy T. It's, it's, it's a mind-blowing production. One of and the best songs, Afrobeat songs ever. Little known Puffy T, this guy, nobody knows him until this very album, until this very song. And it's huge. It's colossal, right? Yeah. He starts getting mentioned with the likes of Don Jazzy, with the likes of OJB Jezreel, and the big heavyweights. That's just to show you the power of Yahuzi. I don't think anybody has been able to duplicate that sound or that type of vibe that uh, Profiteer was able to create. They caught, he caught lightning in the bottle and he gave it to the right artist at that right time. If you look at the whole, if you think about Olu Maintain, you always think about Yahuzi. That sound embodies him as a person and his type of philosophy. The way he types, what he sings about, the subjects, you know, how he goes about, you know, just everything he does. And 
Profiti is a real producer because it's not all about just beat making. You have to tailor the sound to that artist. And that is what Profiti was able to do. And it was just phenomenal. That was what broke him out the gates. Like, yeah. heavy. Yeah. yeah. I remember he did that, that record for um, for Nice on the Gongwaso album. Yeah. Um, was Pamurugo? Was it Pamurugo? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it was Pamurugo. Yeah. Yeah. So... The production process, right? It was also another thing. Yahuze also showed us how Olumentain was actually recording in the studio. Um, from what I heard was there was a lot of collaboration, yeah. similar to what the Mohits were doing at the time, right? And if you hear on Yahuze, Puffy also has like a, a very small, he takes yeah. a bridge. La 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 London la Mulesi America Latin Pao. You know, and that's him in the song, right? So what I heard, they were writing the songs together, they were producing the songs together. Um, and what a feature from LKT as well. Bro, almost all the shine off the record. Bro, LKT came and he just did his thing. And you know, back then it was very, very scarce to hear the Fuji combination with like pure Afrobeats. Maybe one day was doing it. But to see that an embodiment of like he, LKT just came and he, he just made it very modern and contemporary and very hip-hop. And, you know, it was towards the end of the record. And that was like a killer punch towards the end of the record because his, his bars there just took it to a whole new level. Like, like we said, Profiti really constructed that song very, very well. He, do, he talks about materialism, about excessive materialism, but, bro, it does it at the best, at the highest. Not many people can go toe-to-toe with Yahuze. And LKT just brought a whole level of Fuji vibes onto that record and one of the standard verses for me like in our Afrobeats culture. And to just describe the impact of that verse on that song, um, there wasn't social media at this time, 2006, 2007, right? Yeah. No social media. One verse takes you into superstardom to the point where you then drop your debut album. Yeah. Off one verse. Off one verse. It, yeah. was, it, it was pretty difficult. I mean, if you got featured on an album back then, it was a pretty big deal. Big deal. But to then build your, you know, your whole career off one verse yes. to the point where you drop your debut album, it's amazing. That's, that's how strong hype was back then. Just a verse could get you hot no, everywhere. And equity was very unique. So it made sense for him to just from nobody to somebody real quick. And that was the strength of Yahuze itself. It was such a big record. And to contextualize the record even further, we talked about like materialism and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. I think this was the first time this, this song became the bedrock and almost like a template for a lot of other artists to talk about luxury, to talk yeah. about making money, to talk about wealth, to talk yeah. about splendor, Ambition. to talk about, you know, big money, spending in the clubs, yeah. you know, the bottles. This, this Remember is, the video, DJT? Yes, bro, this is the template. This is the blueprint for everybody that everybody ran with at the end of the day. And it also gave people the, the how will I say, the audacity to start talking about the kind of wealth. You know, things were already happening on the streets. A few years later, Kelly Anson gave us like my Magarompe and all those records. You know, we only maintained that was like, okay, Olu did it. It was huge and successful. The streets moved in a, in a way we've never seen before. So he started it. He gave everybody like, you know what, go ahead and say this. Because it's something that Nigerians were already seen anyway. Young people have seen it already. And Olu maintained just put it on the, in a record. I mean, God rest his soul. Colin Powell did the Yahuzi dance, bro. This is the Secretary of State of the United States of America. Yeah. Dancing to this song. Yeah. I mean, first of all, the irony there, right? Because I don't think he knew the context. Well, <laughs> he's dancing to a song that basically celebrates internet fraud. Yeah. But he isn't aware. He isn't but aware. it just shows you the power of the record, right? To the point where Olu Maintain even jumps on another record, Eldis record, and he says, 
Colin Powell, oh well. That's yeah, Jose, oh so well. You know, yeah. it was a big marker for him. Like it's, it was also the song you can't take away. Afrobeat is so it's so materialistic and it seeks pleasure and individualism and all that. And there's no how you won't put Yahuze there. And then it, it, it didn't hide. It, there was no hiding place for Yahuze. Like this is what I want. You know, first thing I uh, if I have my first thing I hold my bro. He didn't care about like, bro. If once I get this money from Alaba or from anywhere. I'm going to the car dealership and get to my home. Straight up, just excessive balling, loud, loud spending, loud, loud spending. And to add to that as well, right? There was also a dance, and I think that's what further took it to uh, another yeah, level. Made it viral before social media. Hmm. Like it came with a ready dance, and it was a cool dance, and everybody was doing it. And the song wasn't necessarily addressing the dance. You know, you had people who had done things like. Um, Galalano, they ruled them again, swore, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Or when Atlanta came, and they're basically talking about the, the dance and the song. But this so isn't talking about the dance. You have a song and you now yeah. have a dance. And it just, you could also do the other to other kind of Exactly. Songs. And you kind of give it more shelf life. Yeah, but it just came at the right time. It's something that you can't buy with money. Just that organic moment where the lines just fall for you in pleasant places. And Olu maintains squeeze the hell out of it. That's true virality. Yeah, that's true virality. I remember... It, one of Netosi's biggest records, Kenny Big Deal, he says, to do the Yahoo's, Yeah. He actually, you know, people started referencing the dance. Yeah. It, it was, it's, it's such a landmark for our culture, contemporary culture. And, you know, it's, it's bro, when you talk about monster record, it doesn't go bigger than Yahoo's at the end of the day. Let's get back to Maintain Reloaded, the album. In terms of, like, collaboration, Olu Maintain was also very, very strategic, right? He had the right kind of artists. They weren't A-list artists, by yeah. the way, but he found a way to work with them, and it sounded very organic. One of the records for me is Fatima, where he talks about, you know, befriending and trying to marry um, a woman from the northern yeah. part of Nigeria. Yeah. And he does it so well because he's speaking in English and in Yoruba, and he also gets Lord of Ajasa, who gives a stellar 16 bars, yeah. right? On, on the record. Let's listen to Fatima and come back. I'm 
Krazy Bondo also on this record. He also took the verse where he's rapping in 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 Hausa. Yeah, shout um, out to Krazy Bondo. Just shows you how element is is an A and R also. He knew he needed the Hausa element into it, and I think the dude he got, man. You know, I don't know what happened. It could have been major, but you know, yeah, at that he, point it was he, hot. He he also joined the Kamakazi yeah the Kamakazi crew the short lived Kamakazi know, crew. They're very short lived. Yeah. They also tried to more hit the thing yeah, for a yeah. minute. They Could've had their worked. own crew and all that. Yeah, but that formula didn't work for them. Yeah, yeah. I think just like the 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 um the quality of the artist he had signed yeah. at the time. Don't forget, he started it with Big Brothers. And then and now replicated it with um, JJC and 419 Squad and Backbone. And the same format is what everybody, even up to David Do, Mohits, everybody. everybody. Shout out to the OG JJC. <laughs> you just heard Bankuli's voice. Bankuli's in the, in the studio. Uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> Bankuli's in the studio. Um, he said he wasn't going to talk, but, but I knew. Now he happens. Yeah, I knew. I need to be too good to you to, to keep him quiet. <laughs> and with the OGs now, the historians. You can't be with the OGs if you are an OG yourself. Yes. Eh, but you know, sometimes you have to beat the you have to beat your horse down, you know, beat yeah. it down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make noise about it, you know. <laughs> tell us, tell us what you were doing when Olumentin dropped Maintain Reloaded. Well, for me, yes, um, I was um I was doing many things. I was a plugger, I was 
you know, ARO. I was working with Mohit Record. I wouldn't say work. I mean, we were building Mohit Record at that time. You know, when uh, Maintain was um, shining, or I put it like that, when it was blowing up, of course, we put our ears down, we learn, we see what they're doing that is right and try to, you know, do something better than that. And hence, Mohit continue to, you know, rejuvenate and reprocess their sound, you know, and stuff like that. I remember uh, some, uh, what's that song, the band song? Uh, some people, they pray, you know, we have to think of so many other elements of stuff that, that's a juju song, you know? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You know, and, and there's some element of awaya, I don't know if you know, still guitar, yeah. that, that you were hearing there, you know? Um, I remember coming up with it, I'm telling you, you have to add like awaya, I said, what? I said, and he was like, what's that? I said, yeah, it's a wire. You know, and all that was coming from guy, you know, we got to put some other stuff in yeah. our music yeah. that must connect, you know, to the street. Because you were seeing what, what of course, was doing of at course, the time. 100%. I remember when he was even producing, um, come on, you don't make me fall in love. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he played, he said, what do I think need to be added to this? I said, you need a saxophone. Around that time, I was managing Yemi Sax. I just gave him a call, Omo, put your sax on a bike, you know, <laughs> and meet us at yeah. Maryland. And he did that, and he was there, and he did it. Just, you know, that solo line. Yeah. You know, he did some couple, and I said, don't worry. So Yemi left, and we begin to chop it off. Chop the friend, exactly, and we came up with a phrase, with a saxophone. And everybody listened to it, and I believe that was the first time a major Afrobeat song was having that element of saxophone. And I remember the band said, Bankuli, please, um, when we were shooting the video, I want the boy to come. And hence, if you check the video, yeah, Miss yeah. Sax was there. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and he said afterward that if he wants to go on tour, you know, any show, he should come and blow it. Because, you know, that merge, you know, that bringing other source to all those music elements that makes it more attractable to people. You know, and of course, you know, I'm from the church and I understand what, you know, all those kind of elements does to people. It brings the spirit of God. If you leave, I mean, if you read your Bible very well, there was a point in time in the Bible where, I mean, a prophet was saying that, go out, go and bring people that can sing so that the spirit yeah. of God can come down. Yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff, Bankuli. Bankuli has stories for days. Talking about Olumentain, right? And... If you guys, people who have listened to this podcast know that we've tried to map a lot of Afrobeat artists from the first generation to history of hip-hop. Primarily, I will tell you, and we've said it here already on this episode, most of these guys came from hip-hop. Most of these guys are big fans of hip-hop, and most of their music was interpolated with hip-hop. And so you then still feel it and hear it. Um, I put out a tweet a couple of days ago. No, I sorry, I sent it to Tolani. I said, it's crazy how we never regarded Nice, Olu Maintain, yeah. and if I dare say the band as rappers. Yeah. Because half of the time, that's what they were doing. Yeah, but you have to understand that when it comes to rap, the, the rap scene always believed that rappers had to be... Yeah, and be hardcore. Yeah, right? yeah, very, very hardcore. Melodic rap that we have now, I think we already gone light years ahead of everybody. It's now when you listen to a gonga song, and you listen to like Entertainer by the bunch, and like these guys are rapping. Exactly, same thing Drake is doing now. Yeah, this was a rap. This the guys same are thing rapping. Kanye is doing now, you know. So one record, right, where you clearly see that Olimentin is delivering raps is 
second chance. Mm-hmm. On second chance and Jedi Jedi, and we we'll go to Jedi Jedi, we got second chance, basically rapping, like rap rapping. He's showing us, and I don't know if he's responding to like all the criticisms he got pre-Rugged Man, you know, yeah. the Rugged Man era and all that. But he just, he 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 sings, he drops the, the hook and all that, but then he raps and he gives us one of the, I mean, one of his best 16 bars ever yeah. on the record and puts Kanye on the record as well. Then on Jedi Jedi featuring Conga, he's also rapping basically, right? Yeah. And then puts Conga on the record, who also delivers some of the best, his best verses. Let, let's not forget that Lumete started off as a rapper. Hmm. But they had to, the thing about that first generation of Afrobeat artists was that they had to, they were learning the process of dropping music. What were they just responding to? So they were fine-tuning it. It's not as if... They know hip hop and they know rap, but they know, okay, let's deliver it in a way that to be acceptable to the mass audience, right? And that is the bedrock of Afrobeats. You can't talk about Afrobeats without talking about the hip hop elements into it, really. It's today we look back now, like, man, Nice was coasting on Gongwaso, or Lumetan was a rapper, or the banjo was a rapper at the end of the day. Don't forget that when they were growing up, they grew up listening to the same music you and I are listening to at the end of the day. So, even they're bringing the Afrobeats element into it, they will still revert to unconsciously to hip hop. So I'm not so even today's artists, you listen to a Rema or you listen to Check, those boys are doing trap and emo at the end of the day. It's still hip hop at the end of the day. Yeah, even females. So I know we can't we can't take away hip hop element away from Afrobeats. It's very, very strong. And it's one of the major influences of Afrobeats. Yeah. You know, that that we've spoken about many times. Yeah. You know, I live, hip hop. And uh, of course, it's fresh. It's something that they see happen from another world, and it's you know, is worth emulating in terms of the swag, in terms of the punchline, the rhymes. confidence, ambition. It's almost like okay, the lifestyle is hip hop, right? Yeah. Then I would then take everything that every other genre and then blend that genre into it. Of course, so, so I take Fuji, I blend it to it. Definitely, you know. So that's what makes Afrobeat so powerful and very hard for other um, people outside of Nigeria to resist because we are basically merging genres that they've not heard of before and they're bringing the hip-hop element which is the familiar thing hmm. and just packing it to, together and it's I don't think any country has ever done that before so you listen to like Olu Menten Olu Menten must have grown up listening to Elio Kuji but his father must have played Ube or King Sonny Adi hmm. or Oliver the Cook so when you get into the studio that energy influence, music influences don't die you think you're, you're singing it from nowhere but it's from your subconscious you're bringing it from so you bring the hip-hop element into it, you bring the high life and the juju element into it. And... You know, you just mentioned juju element, Abi. Yeah. Think about this, Fuji, right? King Wasiwa, in the 40 years ago, was singing Wafi Hip-Hop Jojo Me. Kainde. Wafi Hip-Hop Jojo Me. Kainde. And that... So you, you can see, even if... Wasiwa at that time was referencing... Hip-Hop. ...influence of hip-hop, you know, not to now talk of the generations that have come out afterwards. Let's listen to Olumenten, Jedi Jedi featuring Conga, and a female rapper who's not popularly known. Her name is D. I'm still your Back again, hey. it's all who maintain this big day complain. Hey. 
In terms of collaboration, he also puts Pasuma on the record, Aroma. You have to understand, Pasuma is the OG when it goes to Fuji Hip Hop <laughs> crossovers. He's the OG. He's just the right guy. African Pop Daddy. African Pop Daddy. Can't forget Pop Shalia. I mean, they always go to him because he's much more younger. And of course, they know by affiliating with him, it's easier, you know, to get that street recognition. Yeah. Of course, you know, Kwam One is Porsche. They can't get to him. Accessibility is not there, you know, at that time. Of course, you know, Pasuma, you know, conscious mind is interested in what's going on. He wants to expand his own base too. Yeah. So for quite a while, he has been doing that for the hip hop, Afro, Afro, Afro community. community. Let's talk about the impact of his album. So there are so many songs that we can't play every other song. There's still Fantasy, which is yeah. a classic for me. Pasuma on the intro says, Caroline is the woman he loves the most. Then you know, Olumente's right pen game on this album is is sick. Yeah. His pen game is so maintained, like, but it's just very, very upgraded. Yeah, updated. You updated yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, the the impact of this album. First of all, the head is. First of all, the head is. And like I said, the guy came up came came out in the four quotes. So it's man, bro. Clear the head is. So, so, sorry, yeah, clear the head is. Clear the head is. Cleared out. Was, blew out P square, bro. And this was the head is that had the band at his prime. Yeah. A shot, a prime. Yeah. We had big ballers. Nice, I just dropped Gongasso. Gongasso was beginning to shake at that period. And it was just the right moment for Ulu Maintain to come out and shine. And he did it, man. It was, it was the era, it was the FEC era. And that was the album that just launched him. It's a shame that he couldn't get a follow-up. But this one, bro, is one of the, the landmark albums in Afrobeat history. 
his him winning at the head is formerly known as hip hop world awards. Yeah. Got Peace Quest so much in their feelings. Yeah, they yeah. tagged the Hip Hop World Awards the Yoruba as, Awards, Yoruba as, Awards. as yeah. the Yoruba Awards. Yeah, and they also almost didn't perform that night. They had to beg them to perform that night. Yeah, because they had the last performance. They had the last performance. Yes. Well, the funny thing is that two years before Peace Quest blew out the headers with five, five wins or six yeah. wins, the yeah. highest at that time before when they could crush the whole record, but they forgot. But it just shows you how much of a force Olu Maintain was and how many people didn't see him coming. Olu Metal was not in the equation easily until he dropped Yahuze. Then followed up, followed it up with a very, very good album. And obviously, the head is being the head is as, you know, back then, the number one uh, music awards in Nigeria. Still is. Still is at the end of the day, though. So I had to just reward the guy and say, bro, yeah, you can't, we can't, we can't hit on this at all. So many, so many, you know, things to still consider, right? You look at like I feel like Olu Menten at the time was the Shino Peters of his era. He does have the Shino Peters thing. Especially with the glasses. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel like, you know, very sporty, very, the music is very, very loud, very vibrant. You just want to have a good time. He has a shiny personality. He has a rock star personality. Yeah. Shino Peters was rock, definitely a rock star. I kind of map one person to him of this era. I map that person to, to Olu Menten. Who's that? Meokun. Yeah, Meokun has that sweet lamba feel to it also. Yeah. Happy go. And also he puts Olu Maintain in one of his videos. Yeah. So he knows yeah. where it's coming. He knows his ancestor. Yeah. He knows where it's coming from. Yeah. Let's go out uh, by listening to Second Chance right. of the of the album. I think it's just a good way to close it out. Thank you guys so much. See you guys on the next episode.
I'm back at you. Don't act the fool, son. Cause I just begun. One by one and two by two. All of you shout hallelujah. Surprised to know yeah. that I'm still hotter than fire, fire. We thought I would not grow, but the devil is a big liar, liar. Anytime you tune the radio, it's on you here and you're like, oh no, this guy don't come again. It's come to rain. I just want you all to know, nothing do me, I go do. Nothing do me, I go do. This episode was produced by Osagi Alonge, audio mixed by Lord Phil, and is distributed by Visual Audio Times.